This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, Agun Erev Shabbos, Parsha Zachar, Erev Yud Aleph Adar, which means tonight is the yard site of Maran Gaon Uzeno, the Chida, Reb Chaim Yosadar Azulai, we'll speak about him in our final share today. We know Parshat, Parshas Tetzaveh. Parshas Tetzaveh enjoys a very unique phenomenon. And that is Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in Parshas Tetzaveh. By the way, there are many explanations for this. It's reputed that the Gura said, because Moshe Rabbeinu passed away in this parsha, therefore, as sort of a tribute to him, meaning when we, he passed away this week, Parshas Tetzaveh is the Kriyas HaToyrah of the week of the passing of Moshe to highlight Ve'einenu, so Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not in the parsha. But there are other reasons. Moshe Rabbeinu was mispalel. Mecheni na misifracha, erase me from your book. So the Ben Chai says, misefer chaf, erase me from the 20th parsha. The 20th parsha is Tetzaveh. Misifracha, misefer chaf, erase me from the final parsha. Others say that in next week's parsha, Kisisa, Moshe Rabbeinu asks Hashem, erase me from your book. So Hashem really didn't want to erase him, and he delayed, he delayed, he delayed the final parsha after Kisisa going through all the 53 parshios is Tetzaveh, because Moshe Rabbeinu made the request in Kisisa. But we in the past, we've set over from Megala Amuka, he's quoted by the Bnei Yisachar, uh, amazing, Parsha Tetzaveh has 101 psukim. The hidden element of Moshe equals 101. How do you spell Mem? Mem is Mem Mem. How do you spell Shin? Shin Yud Nun. How do you spell Hey? Hey Aleph. The Ne'alam of the word Moshe, that means the hidden Mem of Mem, the hidden Yud and Nun, and the hidden Aleph of the Hey is equal 101. So Tetzaveh has 101 psukim, which means that Moshe is hidden. That's why Moshe's name is not in the parsha. But what's really remarkable is, according to the Gra, that Moshe's name is not in the parsha because this is the parsha of the patira of Moshe Rabbeinu. So if it's Moshe's patira, we need to light a yardside candle for Moshe Rabbeinu. And sure enough, how does the parsha begin? The parsha begins with the ner tamid, sort of a reminder for the for the yoyma dehilula of Moshe Rabbeinu to light the ner tamid, that to light the eternal memorial for the soul of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, parag chav pasik aleph. Now we know there's a machloikes uh, between Rashi and the Ramban, regarding the command to build the Mishkan, was the command to build the Mishkan after the Chet Egal or before the Chet Egal? Because Truma appears before Kisisa, before the Chet Egal. But some Rishonim say, if the command to build the Mishkan was before the Chet Egal, then how did Moshe Rabbeinu know after the Chet Ho'egel, that Hashem still wanted us to build the Mishkan, and therefore some Rishayim learn, Ein that the command to build the Mishkan really came after the Chet Ho'egel. 
It's interesting, in the Karbanos of the Miluim, in Tetzaveh, Perekhav Tespasik Aleph, it says Parechad, one bull. Rashi says, to atone for the sin of the Egal. The question though is, they didn't sin with the Egal yet. So what do you mean to atone for the Egal? They didn't do the Avera. So, according to the opinion that they didn't sin yet, then it's certainly of note. Look how much Hashem wants us to be niskaper. Hashem was makdim the refuah to the makkah even before they sinned. And even according to the shita, that the chedo egel happened already, right? according to the opinion that the chedo egel happened, but nevertheless, the Torah wrote the kapara for the Chedo Egel before the Chedo Egel to be koivea in the reality that even though, yes, the Chedo Egel happened, but by writing the atonement before it happened, it's like it was established in creation, an atonement before the sin was even committed. Next, very simple idea. And the idea is as follows. When we bring a carbon, this week's parsha, we have the first instance, reach nichayach, a pleasant aroma. I mean, come on, a pleasant aroma? What li- God likes to smell of burning meat? How is a carbon a pleasant aroma? Actually, goats, goats burning do not smell good. Actually, there's nothing worse than goats burning. Plus, God is not interested in uh, goat meat, or any meat, or any barbecue. So, what exactly is this Reach uh, Nechayach? So Rashi, as is well known, Rashi interprets um, Rashi interprets Reach Nechayach as um, I commanded and you listened to me. In other words, the pleasant aroma is, Rashi says, Nachas Ruach Lefanai, it is a it brings me a good, a pleasant feeling, Sha'amarti Vinasaratsaini, that I spoke and my will was accomplished. Meaning, this is very important to know. Because everybody wants to bring God Nachas. Right? Don't we? It's it's only natural we would want to bring our Creator Nachas. So what is the best way to bring Hashem Nachas? Is it to Go lefnim mishoras hadin. Is it some extra righteous practice? No. The way to bring Hakadosh Baruch Hu nachas is just to listen to him. Just do what he asks. This is what we're gonna read in this week's Haftarah of Parsha Zachar, where Shmuel tells Shaul, "Don't make these calculations." Hine shemoya mizevach toiv. Listening is better than bringing a carbon. God doesn't need your free will offerings. Just listen. Just listen. That is the way to bring Nachas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay, Marv Rabbi I thought it was also of note that we know that Purim and Yom Kippur are flip sides of one coin. This is an idea that the students of the Gros speak about at length. That when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah, the Torah was given... On what day of the year? Who knows? What day of the year was the Torah given? The Torah was given on... 
on Purim, excuse me, not on, on Yom Kippur. Right? The Torah was given on... Sorry. The Torah was given on Yom Kippur because the Luchais Rishonais, it didn't quite work out. They were broken. So the Luchais Shniais were given on Yom Kippur. So really we should rejoice on... Really we should rejoice on Yom Kippur. The only problem is that you can't eat on Yom Kippur. So how do we rejoice on Yom Kippur? We, we don't. We delay it until Purim. Purim is the joy, is the hashlama of the happiness that really we should feel on Yom Kippur. So Yom Kippur is, so to speak, this day of spiritual elation for the Torah, and Purim is a day of physical elation for the Torah. It's interesting, by the way, both Purim and Yom Kippur, we were saved from annihilation. Yom Kippur, we were saved from the annihilation for the Chet Egal. And Purim, we were saved from the annihilation of being Nana from the Sud of Achashverosh. For the Chet Egel, the Gezerah of Heref Mimeni Ve'ash Mideim, Rav Hutner says, occurred in the Shamayim. Klaiso didn't know that they were in, th- being threatened of an, an annihilation. So therefore, since it was a heavenly decree, we celebrate heavenly. Purim, the Gezerah was down here in this world. Lahash Midlaray Guliabed. And therefore, we celebrate physically down here in this world. But bottom line is, Purim and Yom Kippur are flip sides of the same coin. I think it's very interesting then, that the last Pasuk in this week's Parsha, we said the first Pasuk in this week's Parsha, is like a remez to Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Laha'alois ner tamid. Ner tamid. However, the first, the last Pasuk in this week's Parsha is V'chiper aharoin al-karnoisav Achas Bashana that you will be atoned once in the year. Midam Khatasakipurim. What does Rashi say? What's the once in the year? On Yom Kippur. So the last Pasuk in this week's parsha is so to speak speaking about the the converse of Purim, the partner of Purim, it's speaking about Yom Haki Purim. The so Parsha Tetzave, it's interesting, the Parsha of Purim ends off speaking about Yom Kippur. Okay, now I want to share some questions with you on the Parsha. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.